Hello, and welcome to the Intersectionality Research Hub podcast series from Concordia University. Episode 4 This episode features conversations on the topic of digital memorialization, funerary practices, making meaning of loss, interventions in grieving, and representations of death as part of our series documenting the 2018 fourth symposium of the Death Online Research Network. Dr. Charles S., a well-known ethicist, is from the University of Oslo. He specializes in media ethics. I'm speaking with Dr. Charles S., who is who was a keynote speaker here at the Death Online Research Conference. Um, and Dr. S. is a specialist in ethics and media ethics in particular. He's also dealt a lot with these digital technologies and how they're interwoven with all aspects of life. Dr. S., can you expand a little bit on what you see as the ethical issues or implications of technologies around death? technologies such as um, digital memorials, graveyards, um, technologies such as bots that are created? I think one of the things we've seen in the conference uh, that I find heartening is uh, what we talked about today is a kind of enfranchising uh, of people, that the, the new, new, newer technologies and new ways of approaching death and sort of controlling our death or having um, yeah, autonomy over our death. Uh, as technologically facilitated, that's. I think that will be that will be very helpful. Uh, it will also force people to face those questions um, about um, about their mortality and how they how they may want to leave this world under certain circumstances. Um, but it will also force us all to think more, as we've seen, about how we want to be remembered, what digital materials we want to be left. The, the, the idea of a chatbot or uh, an avatar who somehow replicates me uh, after I'm gone, you know, through an AI and so forth, that's a that's a really interesting idea that we're starting to explore because it's now real. Um, but I think it's it also has very uncanny moments that um, we're we're going to have to sort through. I mean, I think it's going to be broadly like everything else. We'll we'll try it. We'll experiment with it. We'll find out that there are there are benefits that we may not anticipate. But there will also be harms that we may not anticipate, and so with some experience, then we'll be able to uh, sort of come back to it and develop better guidelines for for how we do these things now. What about simpler technologies like uh, memorials? What about data mining? How the bodies of the dead can be used to mine information about them, but also all of those sort of communities of practice that develop around them. So grievers that come or the bereaved that come and how through those nodes and those connections, they too then become sort of fodder for... Right. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a, a, a really complicated problem because uh, particularly when you're in the midst of, of loss and grief, you, you want to cling and you want to hold on as, as much as possible. Uh, the idea that, that the stories of this person uh, are, will no longer be accessible uh, can be crushing. Uh, so it's very tempting to want to collect everything as much as possible. I'm dubious in a certain way because I think it's going to be quite some time before 
uh, an AI or an avatar or something like that can can be sufficiently good at replicating the deceased. Uh, I think it'll it'll be sort of uncanny at a point and then boring after a point. I think we've already seen that. Um, but I think there's also the question of, of well, what would the deceased want? Uh, and again, I mean, somebody was joking about making an avatar of me, and um, flattered by the observation, but uh, started to think about it. That I'm not really sure, or I want to. If that if that were to occur, I would want to have very clear ideas and control about what that will look like. Um, and so I think again, I think that will get sorted out over time through through experience. My my other sort of hesitation about it is that. Um, Confronting our mortality is always difficult. I mean, I used Gilgamesh in my talk. It's been difficult as long as we've had texts to record it, and I suspect it's been difficult ever since we've been human. Um, and I, I, you've also heard me say, I think um, it's, it's basically essential for us as human beings to confront that mortality and come to grips with it. Uh, as terrifying as, as it is, uh, it's also uh, fecund. It also... Uh, provides us opportunities to make decisions about how we want to live our lives and in some ways can be liberating. We heard today uh, from Tina, I think a really moving example of her being very afraid about death, perfectly normal, and the way she responded to that was to try to collect these letters. Uh, and and it, it liberated her. Uh, she became convinced of a certain kind of experience and so now it, it's made her a freer human being. And in, in virtue ethics terms, it, it allows us to more fully realize our, our, our best potentials. So, uh, so I think we have to, I can't make it a moral imperative that everybody has to do this, but I do think it's really, really important. I mean, most religions teach this, most philosophies that I know of. Um, and so we in the modern era have this technology that is actually geared to the denial of death. And up to a point, that's that's great. My daughter, our daughter, was hit uh, by a car when she was seven years old. And if it hadn't been for modern medicine, she would have died. So of course, this is wonderful. Uh, but the idea that we can somehow cure death, as Google puts it, I think this is uh, this is dangerous. That it, or it's, or it's dubious. That it, it's another example of how we sort of collude with one another to pretend that we're not mortal. And by doing so, we short-circuit, I think, for ourselves uh, what is a difficult experience, but I think from, from my perspective, uh, both as a religious person and as a philosopher, as an existentialist, I think we have to make that confrontation uh, to, to sort of grow up uh, and become more full uh, and complete human beings. Great. What about um, the research ethics of researching the dead? Because the dead can't speak. Right. They yeah. can't talk back. Yeah. They can't give consent. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we're just starting to figure out what these problems are. Um, the, you know, we talk about rights to privacy and rights to forgetting, uh, both of which are really good starts. But um, I think one of the things that is also clear in here is that um, you may be an individual with, with things that you want to keep secret for yourself forever and ever, um, but we're also deeply relational. And so what needs to be sorted out is um, uh, what Helen, Nis uh, yeah, Helen Nissenbaum talks about in terms of contextual privacy, what things are important for, say, my children to have access to uh, that 
I certainly don't want, I wouldn't want necessarily shared with a larger public, but, um, and, and not because there's something scandalous or anything like that, but it's, it's part of an intimate family life and relationship. So we need, we, we, uh, to my knowledge, we haven't sorted out how to really clearly articulate uh, these, these sort of nodes or flavors or aspects of privacy, much less sort of say, okay, this is where we draw these lines, this is where we draw these lines. Because um, we're, you know, it's, it's, it's like every other new technology, it's opening up opportunities that to some degree we've anticipated, especially say in some kinds of science fiction, which is helpful, or literature. Um, but there's nothing like reality <laughs> for uh, for bringing home. Okay, this this really is a possibility. And oh yeah, by the way, this is also a possibility that we have not anticipated. Uh, so it's it's scary, but um, it's also very exciting. I mean, I've seen in other kinds of um, phenomena like this, a new a new technology being introduced. Uh, at the very beginning, it opens up worlds of questions and, and uncertainties. But with time and with effort, uh, we, we generally sort it out. Thank you. Intersectionality is a term coined by black feminist legal theorist Kimberly Crenshaw to explain how people at the intersection of different marginalized identities are invisibilized, ignored, and or subjugated by power. The Intersectionality Research Hub is a project headed by Professor Yasmin Diwani with financing by Concordia University. You can find more information on Facebook or at intersectionalityhub.ca or by coming to visit us in person at Concordia.